Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's no way this podcast can be as good as that. You know, I'm, we're destined to fail in this episode. It can't be. The race was too good. It's, there's nothing to say. There's... I... Also, I have a confession to make about the race this week. If you were about to say you didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. Really? Yeah. I Where were you? I, well, I, when I was watching it at the beginning, but when the uh, cinematic orchestra guy was on the piano on the track <laughs> and, um, and everybody was talking about what the British Grand Prix meant to them, I had to go and vomit afterwards for like one and a half to two hours. I was like torrential sick. From what? From my mouth, gushing. No, I know that sick comes out your mouth, but why were you sick? Because I found the whole thing so incredibly (laughs) uh, egregious and saccharine. (laughs) Lando Norris being asked what home means to him. What was his answer? And him saying, the UK. (laughs) What does uh, cereal mean to you? (laughs) Breakfast. (laughs) I'm Josh Weller. And I'm Alfie Brown. And this is Dirty Air. Who was that dude on the piano? Who think tanks? It's like the opposite of cocaine, whoever comes up with these ideas. All I saw when I saw the piano on the track was people putting the piano in the lorry, getting it out of the lorry, putting it on the track, having it played for like a 20 minute, hour long shoot, whatever. And then like the sweating, like piano movers, like going, right, was that worth that? Was that like the amount of hours and like the, the amount of pain and sweat and hardship that went into getting that piano there for that? For that guy who clearly wasn't playing the piano. What, what would you rather have not had on the track this weekend? A grand piano, Sam Ryder or those protesters? <laughs> I think in order, Sam Ryder would be my first preference to not have been on the track. But, but I'm pleased that whoever put Sam Ryder on the track didn't turn his in-ear monitors up loud enough that he didn't sing out of tune and embarrass himself. Also, was he actually playing the guitar or no. was that a necklace that he was wearing? He, so Sam Ryder can play guitar. He's a very good guitar player. 
but I have never seen him play guitar live in anything because I've only ever seen him on. So for people listening who aren't in England, Sam Ryder, we have a thing called the Eurovision Song Contest, which uh, I, I don't know if England, did we invent it? No, we didn't. It was Sweden or someone. We usually invent things and then lose at them. I yeah. Think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Sam Ryder was the Eurovision Song Contest entrance for England this year. And um, I actually wanted to submit a song for the Eurovision called Nil Point. That's clever. It's a good idea, right? Yeah, it yeah, goes yeah. like Nil Point. And it takes the piss out of the fact that the Brits never get any points. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. I mean, from Angleterre. Yeah. yeah. In every language, you go Nil Point, Zero Point, <laughs> and Nicht. Like, it just does every, in every language yeah, of Europe. Yeah, yeah, that's lovely. But Sam Ryder entered the Eurovision and bloody came second. So now I can never do a song called Nil Point because he's he's re, he's hit the reset. But I've only yeah. ever seen him play at the Eurovision, the Queen's birthday party or whatever that was a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago. Jubilee, it was called. The Jubilee yeah. and the Grand Prix. And he's mimed electric guitar every time. But you can tell he can play it. I, I can't tell he can play it. The protesters are idiots, but... Like, if we were to really investigate what their end goal was, I'd probably, like, agree. It's probably just they want me to insulate the loft. Do they know... When you're a protester and you go, right, guys, let's go sit on the track at Silverstone, that'll show them. Do you think they looked into how fast the cars turn around, like, the Wellingtons, like, at that corner? No, I don't think that these people strike me as your typical Formula One fan. They don't know this, the breaking distance. No. Do you think one of them went, right, guys, I'm taking the apex. Shotgun the apex. <laughs> Sh- Mark, shotgun the apex. Oh, damn it. I wanted the apex. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Hugh, go and stand by the parabolica. <laughs> in the nicest possible way. Obviously, all those crashes at the beginning were insane and we'll get to it. Yeah. But huge blessing in disguise. For the fact that they probably would have decapitated those protesters. Oh, yeah. I had not conjured that. I bet, like, one of the protesters said to another at one point, like, they're professional drivers. Like, they won't find it that hard to stop. <laughs> like, if they're, if they're that good, then they can stop, can't they? Uh, incredible that uh, they were there. Uh, it, it, it's stupid. It's one of those things that uh, draws their cause uh, further backwards uh, then it pushes it forwards because now everybody hates them. Joe crashing meant that, like, it's, you know, remember when Mother Teresa died the same weekend as mm. Prince Diana and <laughs> nobody gave a shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, that's what they were. They were just pushed so far back in the newspaper because <laughs> Joe crashed. You know, oh, yeah, there were protesters. Really? Well, they were all, all the protesters were wearing orange T-shirts. And I was like, I thought they were Max. I genuinely went for, the, for a minute. I was like, wow, the Orange Army are really going to some extreme lengths this year. <laughs> yeah, well, they might have felt like getting on the track by it, the end of the race, the Orange Army. Everything building up to the race as well. Firstly, all that Nelson PK stuff. To paraphrase uh, Norm MacDonald, the more I hear about that guy, the less I like it. <laughs> uh, it, I, th- I think context has a lot to do with it. And I immediately, as soon as I heard that, I went, I wonder what the translation was. And I wonder if it was because I was aware because there have been a couple of instances of footballers using that word and then saying it's not that. It obviously etymologically means that, but now it sort of means mate and it means kind of mate or friend in a in a, in, a, in a racially nondescript way. But then you place it in the context of everything Nelson Piquet was saying and in the context of him having a history of saying things like, 
you know, Nigel Mansell has an ugly wife. And you go, oh, yeah, probably he probably meant it badly, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he probably, yeah, yeah. He probably, I don't think his intentions think he, were yeah. pure, were I don't they? think he saw, saw Lewis as a brother when he was saying those <laughs> things. He also said, uh, so a journalist asked him, who's a better driver, you or Senna? And he went, well, I always say, which one of us is still alive? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> oh, my God. Even the journalist was like, hmm. the journalist went, oh, God. Oh, it's just nervous laughter. Yeah, they yeah, started, yeah. Like, they, they, they immediately... Do you know when you become nervous and you immediately get like a, like balls? You, your balls go like fizzy. You get fizzy <laughs> balls. Like the journalist would have immediately like become aware of his balls. Like, oh yeah, I'm alive. Oh my God, my balls. What did Joss Verstappen and Nelson Piquet do? Like if they have like a dinner party together or, or uh, take the grandkids out? Like, is that not quite an intense day for everyone? Like they're probably these grandparents that will be going round Hamleys with the children, like with the grandchildren, going, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy you the toys. And then the child says they want that and they go, No, that's gay. Choose something else. <laughs> like, you know, they're making this Formula One movie that Brad Pitt's like uh producing or something. I it, it shouldn't be about the drivers. It should just be about Joss Verstappen, and Nelson Pitt. Do you remember like Father of the Bride? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like Parenthood or one of those like 90s Steve Martin movies. It should just be the, based on the two dads, these two racist men. One is a toxic dad and the other one is a toxic dad. Yeah. And just both of their kids are in Formula One. That's a good comedy. Yeah. And then they've got to, well, what's their, what's their journey to kind of salvation? Well, where's the turnaround? Or maybe the twist is that they don't. No, I don't think there's any salvation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was really sweet about Lewis's dad and Lewis's, um, uh, like at the end, when Tom Cruise came up to uh, Lewis and started doing the sort of over-familiar machismo thing of them both, like, with their hand on each other's shoulders and just waving the other's shoulder about, going, yeah, I'm a man, so I can actually, I can physically kind of move you about like this, and it's a, it's an affection thing, but also I'm quite powerful. But Lewis's dad was, like, couldn't even turn his whole body to face Tom Cruise. He was just doing that kind of proud, embarrassed smirk of a father. That's Tom Cruise, and he knows who my son is. Yeah. It was really, really sweet. And, uh... I found it so funny in the cool down room afterwards that like the, the first and second place, the winner, Carlos Sainz first Formula One win. And then Checo, who say what you want about Checo or Red Bull or whatever, like he had almost the perfect drive from the back to the front during that race, whichever way you cut it to finish. Yeah. The safety car gifted him a, you know, a 27 second gap. Fine. But they're both in the cool down room alone being like, hey, that was a, I couldn't figure out the turn. And Carlos is like, yes, I don't know. And Lewis is just late into the cool down room because he's outside man hugging Tom Cruise. Yeah. The guy in third place waltzes in. He's like, hey, sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. My, uh, my have friend... you seen uh, Top Gun Maverick? <laughs> <laughs> I you don't know that one. Uh, what about, um, have you seen... <laughs> Cocktail. I tell you what my favourite film is, guys. Vanilla Sky. He's here. He's here. That guy? You should go outside. Oh, no, you don't know him. Oh, I know him. Oh, I know him really well. He came and found me, even though I finished in third place, and gave me a big man hug. Do you think Tom Cruise likes Formula One so much because he can go to the paddock and feel like he's an average height for a man? Because <laughs> he didn't... When he was, like, doing all that with Lewis, I went, oh, he's not that short, is he? And then I remembered, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lewis is tiny. Lewis yeah, is yeah, tiny. Yeah. It was quite an interesting... Um, Weekend, all told, obviously. Uh, let's get to it with this week's Formula One race breakdown for the 2022 Silverstone Lenovo. Lenovo. What is Lenovo? They make ThinkPads. What's a ThinkPad? It's a laptop. R- really? Yeah. What, Lenovo? It's a, it's a, so like, you remember when, like, um, it was like a, the, the sort of laptop they'd give the dyslexic children at school? Like a Sony Vio? 
well, I mean, it's another brand of laptop. So yes, in that it's a laptop, but no, in that it's not like that. Do you think anyone has bought a Lenovo laptop as a result of the money that they put into sponsoring the, the Grand Prix this weekend? Um, no. I once had a Lenovo laptop when it was just called a ThinkPad, when Lenovo wasn't a big part of the branding. They had they were the they were the laptop which instead of having the like mouse pad that you move your finger on, they had the little red knob in the keyboard <laughs> that you would like you would a shove a, a like a, a rollerball or whatever it's called. Uh, it didn't roll about. You would just sort of nudge it. You would nudge the little foam thing in the keyboard and it would move the cursor about the screen Fine. are you happy that you know more about lenovo yeah I'm, it's made me want to buy one even less yeah okay um in 10th place uh, after the formula one laptop grand prix uh williams still at the back okay there are some positives to take from albon's obviously hospitalization and dnf that's not the positive Latifi qualified 10th, which essentially is a win. It's incredible. And it gets even better. Latifi now has overtaken Hulkenberg. I saw that. I saw that. But he's overtaken Hulkenberg with zero points. (laughs) So they've both got no points. But he was... That's embarrassing. he's got more no points than Hulkenberg. He's got more no points in that he's done more race than Hulkenberg. Who 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 came in for Aston Martin and was and was twentieth? Uh, Latifi was twenty first in a twenty driver championship until this race. So, well, you're welcome, Latifi. Incredible. Also, there was one of the biggest crashes I've ever seen in a race, and Latifi wasn't involved. He must have been very confused that he didn't cause that crash to come mm. away from that scot free and be like. To drive round the corner and be like, how, what, and just be clean, you know? Yeah. You know, it's like the bit in Pulp Fiction where he shoots at Samuel L. Jackson and none of the bullets hit him. (laughs) (laughs) Samuel L. Jackson's like, what? It just looks at his body, divine intervention. That's, that's what, like, uh, Ricardo looked like on the, did you see everybody, there was just an explosion of what looked like hundreds of drivers, like bits of car flying everywhere um, and like dust rising from the side of the road and, uh, you know, the exhaust fumes from the car and bits of detritus flying everywhere. And then through everything perfectly, Daniel Ricardo just sort of emerges mm. out the other side completely unscathed. To finish 14th, to finish 14th <laughs> and have a completely unremarkable race. Latifi, we like to joke on this show that he is very eager to to crash so that he can go and continue watching whatever box set or TV show. He must have finished The Boys. Mm. And I don't think Latifi likes The Boys. I think he finds it too gruesome and violent. Do you think he likes Yellowstone with Kevin Costner? I think he likes Bridgerton. Okay. I think Latifi's favourite show. I think he sees himself as one of the gentlemen from Bridgerton. Yeah, I think yeah, he yeah. Does like he does character act outs to his. Uh, yeah, he thinks girlfriend. he's the he's the Prince Charming, but really he's the guy who arrives on horseback, who's been riding for three days to deliver a message about a pending war. That's <laughs> what Latifi would be in Bridgerton. But this was the first race of his career where he can he can proudly stand in the hotel bar at the Best Western after the race. Uh-huh. And he can order a Negroni. At the Best Western. Yeah, and they go, we don't do Negronis. Yeah, we do white wine, red wine. Do you want a Bex? Do you want a Bex? They're nine quid. And he can stand there and say, oh yeah, I'm a Formula One driver. Where'd you finish today? Um, actually, uh, today was pretty good. I finished in uh, 12th. He can be really proud. Do you know what I think? He finished his box set. He started watching Drive to Survive. And then he went, oh, this looks good. (laughs) This is is good. I might do that this weekend. That's great. I'm in it. I'm in this. I'm in. 
Well, I'm sort of, I know everybody who's in it at least. Uh, ninth place, Aston Martin. Um, okay, there's no way Vettel's going anywhere, right? He's He's got 15 points against Lance. L- Lance finished 11th. And Seb finished 9th. And Seb finished 9th. I don't think he's leaving Formula 1 this year. I, I think he's going to renew. I think Aston Martin, I get the feeling that they are doing a hass. I think that they have channeled everything into next year's car and they've sort of written off this year. And I think that, that cause they built this huge death star, haven't they? Near Silverstone. Mm. Like the, I'd forgotten that has to. Yeah. That. It's like the Aston Martin, you know, it's like the beginning of the James Bond film, uh, Goldeneye, where he, in facility where he he goes into that big compound that's all on lockdown and all super private. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what Aston Martin are essentially building. Or like in Moonraker, where the top of the volcano opens and it turns out there's lots of minions down there working yeah. away for Blofeld. Have I got that right? Have I got the no, Blofeld's right? a man with the golden gun, isn't it? Uh, Blofeld's in a lot of films. Oh, is he? Is he there's a recurring James Bond There's a recurring Baddy. Blofeld, and sometimes he's Freddie Mercury, yeah. Oh, that's Blofeld. Yeah, but he's also like a, a fat blonde guy. I thought Christoph Waltz was the only returning um, baddie. Uh, no. Oh, okay. Well, speaking of Germans, Seb Vettel. There we go. Seb Vettel. What a weekend for him as well. He got to drive his car. He bought Mansell's Williams, didn't he? And he got to fill it with uh, whatever it's called, renewable f- petrol. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. He's got a, like, he's, he's pestled and mortared some leaves or something and some balsamic vinegar into some kind of fuel. It's like Back to the Future 2 where he's putting rubbish in the car. If he had driven past the protesters, he would have said, oh, can I give you a lift somewhere? Hop on. <laughs> okay. Lance is just, yeah, he's 19th in the championship. Like that's not, like any other driver would ha- be having their position in the team questioned when you're halfway through a season and you're second to last against Nicholas Latifi. Yeah, I guess so. But I don't think... If you look at the quality of driver that Sebastian Vettel is, like it's quite a thing, isn't it, to have to be compared to Sebastian Vettel, one of the best drivers, you know, of of, of recent years. So when you look at Stroll's performance and you're trying to gauge whether he's performing to par, performing like underperforming, uh, overperforming, he's obviously not overperforming, then comparing him to Vettel, he's in a quite hard position, isn't he? Whereas you look at Albon and Latifi, they're just compared to each other. That Neither of them are, you know, multiple world champions. So they're not under the same pressure. Same with uh, Magnussen and Schumacher. They only have each other to compare the mm. other two. Yeah. So they're not under... Stroll is in a more difficult position in terms of the comparison drawn to teammate than any other driver, really. Yeah, So, but he's also in 19th. Yeah, I know, but it's a crap car, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. That, that a, world, a truly world-class driver is getting some fucking bollocks out of. Did you see Lawrence Stroll on the grid walk? Yeah, yeah I did, yeah. And he just went, Brundle went, oh, what, have you got anything coming next year? And he went, yeah, we got some things coming. And he was like, anything you want to say? And he was just like, <sighs> he breathes very heavily. Yeah. He didn't say anything and he gave this like ominous look like we're going to destroy the world next year. Yeah, he has such, he emanates testosterone, doesn't he? What is it about 60 year old uh, rich men and and wearing uh, like sort of blue jeans that are sort of a lighter blue down the thigh in the middle and Mm. then like a puffer vest? A gilet. A gilet, yeah. What is it about that with a business shirt underneath? What is that choice? Uh... The business shirt gilet thing, I couldn't tell you. Business shirt gilet is a great name for a band. Yeah. If we started like a yacht rock band. Yacht rock? Yeah. 
That is a phenomenal name. I think the thing with the jeans is that they want to look like they've walked places. Like they have to get the discoloration that you find in denim from walking, but they have to manufacture that because they get driven everywhere. So if they if they oh, had regular funny. blue that's jeans, really they just stay blue constantly because they never move their legs. Because <laughs> they don't have to. Uh, eighth place. Hass. What are you uh, gonna do with all that hass? What you gonna do with all that hass? All that hass inside them cars. Um, <laughs> unbelievable weekend for these guys. So, K Mag finishing tenth, Mick finishing eighth. He finally. Uh, it's boring to say it. He finally got his first points. Yeah, that, no, we don't have to ever talk about it ever again. Yeah, and everyone Mick got his points. Everyone, oh my god, this is it. This is where he starts becoming a world champion. No, 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 no. By the by, the fact that six cars didn't finish the race, <laughs> there was a really like snide tweet going. Um, Mick Schumacher started in 18th and finished uh, 8th. Tell me again how he's just there because of his name. I went, yeah, but like six of those places were... Yes. Well, four of those places. DNFs. Six yeah. DNFs in this race. Six DNFs, but he moved from... He would have... like You know, he, he, he 14th was the last place you could come. Yes, but the six DNFs helped. Yeah, no, no, totally. That's, what yeah, I, yeah. that's my whole point. Yeah. Uh, K-Mag, 16 points. Mick has four points. One point behind your beloved Joe Guan Yu. Is he really? He's one point behind Joe. Oh, my God. So after all of this, like, um, we're all talking about Mick, and uh, Joe's actually been the best driver in the world of all time, and I can't believe how brilliant Joe is, actually. No, 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 you know. no, no, no. Joe is qualified better than Mick. And Bottery. Bottas, but we'll get... <laughs> Bottery. 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 <laughs> he should start doing um, Bottery classes. Yeah, crafting his own buttocks out yeah, of clay. Yeah, yeah, like clay. I would buy a Valtteri Bottas, Bottery ass vase. That's mm. his bum. Yeah, yeah. Although then it would have to spin around to the other side and they'd have to have his cock there as well, which I'm less keen to have. It could be a watering can maybe and the and the water comes out of his... Anyway. Um, That's a good idea. Yeah, I mean... A clay watering can is not a good idea, but... Watching Mick um, fight Max was i i really think it showed max's why he's a world champion and i mean that in a positive way and a negative way that they were fighting for seventh place and max just kept throwing him off the track Mm. i i cannot have you do this yeah this will be if this will be my final humiliation if this happens I perish. I saw that was 2021 Max race. It was interesting how that came out of him in that moment where he was under this kind of embarrassing pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he just started being like that turn in Brazil with Hamilton, where he, uh, you know, skipped the corner, like there's, or, or just closing the door on people unnecessarily. And he, beca- it was very unsportsmanlike of Max in that moment because he knew that Daddy was gonna. Be angry yeah. after the race. It's it, it's what I was speaking about a couple of races ago. Uh, Max's fuck off moves, where he just drives his car <laughs> just into you, and it's like, well, you you crash or you move. I don't care. Uh, it, it was, um, uh, yeah. I I I felt really sorry for Schumacher. I really wanted him to do it, but it felt like. It felt like a bit of storyline too far. Felt like Formula One would have been jumping the shark if Schumacher took uh, Verstappen in that final lap. I mean, there was a moment where Ocon was going to take Verstappen. It was incredible. That would have been more believable. I do want to just, I do want to thank all the Red Bull engineers who worked on Max's car this weekend. Please do exactly that more and more. Not because. Do we know what it was? I thought it was he ran over a bit of carbon and it 
like um, yeah it was yeah it, yeah, it yeah like ruined a wishbone or whatever and like he was just a little bit slower yeah the cars are little very they're very sensitive soft boys these formula one cars aren't mm-hmm. they like a well t- you say that but like leclerc who i think probably would have been my driver of the thingamajig race driver of the thingamajig driver of the, the workforce driver of the thingamajig <laughs> he did the whole thing with uh you know a partially destroyed front wing didn't he mm. um so maybe some souls are sensitive than others and everybody was going on about how the red bull's more sensitive than anything else because the downforce is so incredibly finely balanced that anything can throw the fucking thing off it's when you're uh, like in a difficult situation as a driver especially somebody like max it's like you know when um, you know Stanley Ibkiss puts on the mask and becomes the kind of purest <laughs> version of himself, he it, like Verstappen can no longer <laughs> withhold who he is. It's everything that all of the media training is just flushed down the toilet, and he becomes what the fucking hell is going on? I need to get to the you no no it's undrivable. Oh my god! It's so funny to hear these people. It's so exposing for them mm. and who they are as humans and what they all of their insecurities and their yeah it, these little humans driving around frustrated and angry and all of the like, they're so there's no other sport. Two things that I noticed this weekend. There's no other sport in which the competitors are so easy to read psychologically. They're so obvious with the way that they communicate how they're feeling everything. It's so funny to watch. Also, commentators on Formula One, and there's very, very few, there's very few uh, other sports in which this happens. When you listen to Formula One commentary, all Formula One commentators have commentating with this enthusiasm that suggests it's the first race they've ever watched. Like, <laughs> oh, we're here at Silverstone. I can't believe it. I've been waiting 25 years to see this. I am so excited. I've saved up all of my coins. We're on the pit walk. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. How exciting. I never thought I'd make it. This is incredible. Oh, my Lord. Look at all the cars. They're going so quickly. They are. That's incredibly fast for a car to go. How are they controlling these cars? Uh, I like it when they go, 17 corners. It's like, yeah, yeah. We know. Oh, my God. Every time. And he's opened the DRS, which I think will give them 12, uh, yeah, 12 miles an hour yeah, quicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we get it. It's not, I've watched this every single fucking week, mate. I love the, I love the dumb stats they give. Uh, this is uh, Carlos Sainz when he starts his 150th race with his first as pole sitter. He is the first Spaniard to take a pole since, do you know who? Um, uh, Alonso. Yeah. And it's like, he's the first Spaniard, and he will be the, because Alonso's the only Spaniard to ever win. It's like, why, like, give me some good stats. You know what I mean? Like, tell me something really crazy about Formula How many people have died on this track? Is tell it- me that. <laughs> tell me how many of those protesters had their wrists broken when they, yeah. were, when they were taken back, like, whether Lawrence Stroll and Jos Verstappen pounded the crap out of those protesters. Tell me that stuff. Isn't it weird how Spaniard is the only sort of national denominator that... F- Sounds like a racial slur, but isn't Spaniard? It's Spaniard. I think Cypriot sounds quite racist. Yes. Oh my <laughs> god! I was at this bar last night, and there was this Cypriot. It sounds racist, but it's not. Yeah. Anyway, seventh place, Alpha Tauri. Alpha Tauri. Sonoda fourteenth, Gasly with a dunf. Bit of a. I mean, Sonoda finished at the back, basically. Yeah, a bit of an uh, obviously a very unremarkable race for them, and probably as the as the commentators like to say, probably a weekend to forget. A weekend <laughs> they'll be keen to forget. Well, I think a lot of the people you know with concussion will be forgetting. 
uh, <laughs> Gasly was accused of causing the crash, or I think the commentators said that, he, oh, sadly, he was the one that caused the crash. Like, he was going to be really upset that he caused the crash. It was, I mean, it was Russell moving across Gasly that uh, moved Gasly into uh, Joe. And it wasn't really anybody's fault because Russell said it was, oh, it was the hard tyres. They had no grip, so I was moving about everywhere. So it was just one of those the crash was just one of those things. But I did think it was a bit weird how the commentators wanted to uh, meet judgment upon Pierre Gasly uh, for the crash. And especially with the severity of the crash, it felt like a bit weird to try and give the blame to anybody. I think, and I'm no professional here, but I think what caused that crash was 20 cars all hurtling towards the same corner at 200 miles an hour. I think that's probably what did it. With Latifi in like 8th or 10th or wherever he was going, God, this is so much easier when you're not behind 20 (laughs) cars. 19. Um, Alfa Romeo in 6th, 51 points. Joe Guanyu, 5 points. Third weekend qualifying higher than uh, Smacky Bot Bot. Mm. Um, Although this week... I'm going to call him Smacky Not Not. Yeah, because he not, not not finished. Did not, not finish. Did not finish. Time for Smacky Not Not Not. Uh, he's going to be very disappointed with that, but also probably quite relieved at the fact that his teammate is alive. Very relieved. I hope they have a good relationship. Uh, I think like they do. They get on well. Yeah. It might be a real... They, they they have such different sort of backgrounds and experiences to draw on. They're, you know, obviously uh, from very culturally different uh, nations. Well, I mean, you know, the West and the East, that's always going to be uh, different. So they can kind of conjoin together and teach each other a lot about different customs and worldly experiences. And Bottas can go, hey, um, where's he from? He's Finnish. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey. But, want- but, well, he, he did, did not finish. He did. He's a Finnish he, who, who did, did not, not finish. finish. Yeah, he can show Zhou Guanyu like coffee, although they have coffee. Where I mean, in China, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Zhou can show him green tea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, no. okay. Bottas can go. This is what it's like to be neutral in a war. Yeah, and then Zhou can go. This is what it's like. Let me show you how we're going to rule the world very shortly. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And they can so, like, they can bond he, there. Bottas can go. This is what it's like to be scared of Russia. And Joe can go, this is what it's like to think Russia is a little bitch who you can <laughs> just swat away at any moment. It was so weird to see, because obviously they paused the race for an hour. And then like halfway through the race, you just saw Joe walking around the paddock like nothing. Like It was such an odd um, contrapuntal thing that he's like, they wouldn't cut it because they don't show the crashes anymore till they know the driver's okay after yeah, yeah. the Roman Grosjean fireball of 2020. Is that... Uh, is that only when that because they were just uh, after a little bit are we just filming a guy dying here it's because all the drivers went okay guys listen we race it's not about the crashes and everyone watching went well hang on let me stop you there it's not about crashing but they are fun to watch but there's a point at which they're not fun to watch and yesterday was one where you went okay this is terrifying oh no but now it's really fun to watch yesterday's crash because you know he's okay yeah because it's an upside down car crashing is a is such a huge necessity in formula one if they didn't <laughs> if they, it, it, it is because that's it's the whole it, it's a high wire act yeah and if nobody had ever come off the high wire it wouldn't be exciting to watch a high wire act it it just wouldn't the it, it jeopardy is uh, only feels like jeopardy if you are actually aware that people 
are in jeopardy. And that helps you realise the sense of jeopardy and what these people are like. They're not just competing with each other. They're competing with their own mortality. And to see him, like, it's like in football when there's a fight and you go and the commentators go, oh, we really don't want to see this. And you go, well, I mean... Do they cut away from the fight, though? No, they don't. No, no, no. If there's a leg break, they'll cut away from it. <laughs> but weirdly, when Christian Eriksen had his heart attack, they went, oh, yeah, we'll film this. That was... It was such an intense moment when the way the camera cut as well, before they started sharing the footage, and it cut to the turns two and three, and you just saw this upside-down car go whoo, through the shot really quickly, like an Easter egg in a film. Have you, yeah, have you seen the viral video of the guy who is the lifeguard at a water park and he's at the top of the slide uh this like this tube slide with uh there's two guys in the like rubber ring and he's got his feet on the rubber ring sort of oscillating it back and forth twisting it to get more momentum before he oh, no. shoots them down the slide and then in the background you just see them fly off <laughs> The slide, and you don't see it the first time, but you see them fly off into the distance, like these bodies flung up into the air, and, it, and that's what it was like. You go, oh, this is a, oh no, Verstappen's in the lead. Hang on, <laughs> hang on, it's one of those upside down. He, um, there's have you have you ever seen the film Force Majeure? Uh, I've never seen the film. So it's a film. Majeure. It's Swedish or Finnish or Dutch or it's one of those ones, right? Sure, and. Um, <laughs> And it's a family on a ski trip and they're having lunch on the side of a mountain and an aval- a controlled avalanche happens to get rid of the powdered snow. Okay. And the avalanche like heads towards this cafe and they're like, and everyone freaks out. Oh my God, they're going to hit the cafe. And the dad, it's in the first five minutes of the film, the dad runs away from his wife and two kids, pushes people out of the way to save himself. And then it's obviously a controlled avalanche so nothing happens. So the snow settles and everyone's fine. And the dad comes back to the table and the whole film is this family on their holiday dealing with the fallout of the fact that the dad abandoned them in this fight or flight moment. And there was footage of the of the crash yesterday, Yoga, I knew that someone filmed from the stands of this guy just running up the stairs. And I was I want to know how his day ended. Like this guy just ran away from his family as the car hurtled towards them. That's really good. And like he just that's the F1 movie I want to watch dad, as well. Dad. dad. What the fuck? No, I was going to get nachos. Did you guys? It comes back. Comes back with, a, with some nachos. <laughs> Way too many sweets. Who wants jalapenos, <laughs> guys? I've got mojitos. Dad, you ran away from us when that. Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, I just thought we were we were really thirsty. I needed a pee, and I just thought that was a good time to go talk because I knew they were going to grab drag the race. Dad, I'm 14. I've never drunk before. Let's get drunk. I just let's I, get drunk for the first you time. Know what? Here's 20 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> you know what here's 50 pounds <laughs> i think i'm just gonna you know what i think i'm gonna buy you a new phone how do you feel about that son dad you abandoned us as a car was crashing into the no 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 listen let's not tell your mother about this <laughs> force majeure sounds good joe the greatest showman he's fine he's he was fine. walking around the paddock it was alban who went to hospital who is also okay right uh yeah he just had a little bit of a bump on the head yeah. i watched his crash an albonk an albonk, yeah. It didn't seem that bad. <laughs> but like, it, his crash, I mean, I don't know what he was... No, but I was think pr- they just wanted to send somebody to hospital. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I'm not going. That's mental. No, he was probably like, he probably was like, oh, I feel a bit dizzy. Albon, of all he the... Span around yeah, loads of yeah, times. Yeah, of all the drivers who probably says, I'm feeling a little bit dizzy, quite often, it's probably Albon. 
Albon's the kind of guy who would have two coffees and be like, I just can't focus on anything right now. Oh my God, I feel like, I feel really bad. I feel really bad. I've had, that special, that, that, was, that special okay? You feel okay. <laughs> uh, in fifth place, I really enjoyed Ocon when they red flagged the race. He was eating an energy bar and he showed his engineer what he was eating. It was very cute. Oh, that's so sweet. It was, And he was having a little smile. He was like pleased to be having, because it, it looked like a chocolate. Mm. You know, like whenever you get a muesli bar, the chocolate one is the one you always want. Yeah. Well, what's that? Oh, it's, um, it's made by barbells. It's a salted peanut. Really, uh, really nice. <laughs> Are you saying muesli? Muesli. Muesli. Yeah. Well, listener. That's right. why it's called, no, because you put milk on it and a cow moose. <laughs> is that, seriously, is that not why it's called that? That's great. Alonso, this is how insane the race I was yesterday. I 40 laps in saying I haven't heard Alonso's name yet. And he finished fifth. Yeah. That is absolutely mental. Absolutely incredible. What an unbe- like. I was really worried. There was a point when they restarted the race when Hamilton and Norris were tussling and Alonso was right there behind. And I just had this feeling that angry old Alonso, who's still mad at Lewis Hamilton, was just going to ram it. I just had this, I just for a moment was like, well, oh my God, he's going to ram into Lewis just for spite. Yeah. He's going to DNF so Lewis can't finish the race. Do you think he, I don't. No, I don't think he would do that, but it, but also I didn't think he would drive at eight miles an hour around Monaco. And the, the, the top four, or what became the top four in the final ten laps of the race, was uh, and and what happened to Verstappen was so totally incredible and absorbing that there was very little time. It was only at the very end of the race when everything sort of settled that people started giving a shit that maybe Schumacher's going to take Verstappen. Yeah. Oh, no, he hasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they cut to Schumacher an awful lot for someone who was in eighth place during a very exhilarating race at the end there. Yeah. There's a lot of goodwill in Formula One for Mick Schumacher. Um, I think any crap driver about to take Verstappen would have got attention. I think that I also think that that race restart. I mean, I know that they didn't reach the first. You know, they they restarted they the race in the final first sector. Yeah, I just think that that's a it's a weird rule. It is a weird rule, but it's one of those things that I have the suspicion that if somebody told you the reason why the rule was, you'd go, oh, okay, that's annoying. I just I know that I don't know the reason why it is, but if somebody smart explained it to me. I kind of get the feeling that there must be a reason why it is the case that that is. Because it's too stupid otherwise. <laughs> it's just too stupid. Um, fourth place, McLaren. Um, seventh, Lando in the championship. Fourteenth, Danny. Danny finished 13th. Lando finished sixth. A whopping points gap between these two teammates. 58 to 15 points. Uh, it felt like when Danny hit Lando with that space hopper, it felt like there was something a bit real in that. Well, Lando was driving around um, Natalie Pinkham. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Sky Sports host. Uh, yep. And he was talking about Danny as if I've never, as I've never heard him speak about Danny before. Going, oh, yeah, we're great. You know, he's taught me a lot. He was being much cooler, much more magnanimous, much more giving to Danny Ricardo as an idea than he I've ever heard him be before, which to me was the greatest insult. <laughs> it, like I, it's like you, I no longer deem you as ah, oh, 
yeah, Danny's great. Like, I no longer give a fuck. Like, it, it, a rivalry. It's like how Australia doesn't give a it's shit like, about New it's Zealand. It's like when you describe your friend who is a nightmare, you go, oh my God, I love John. I love John. He's, he, he can, <laughs> I know he can be a little bit much, but he, I love him. Natalie even gave him like an alley-oop going, you know, you've stuck with one team and people say, you know, you right to have stuck with the team. But, you know, the solidity and growing with the team, you've seen the advantages of that firsthand with Danny moving about a lot. And you go, yeah, well, you know, you know, he didn't he didn't he didn't take any opportunity that was there to criticise Danny. Yeah. But you know what? If you can control Max Verstappen, you can control Lando Norris. They managed to get Max to stop being quite as aggressive and petulant as he was being. Yes. Two, three years ago. And look at him now. He's almost supporting Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, or he's almost condemning Nelson Piquet. Yeah, but these these are kids. Like, I felt that Nelson Piquet, like... Or, you know, Max might say to Joss one day, you know, I think racism's bad. Like, Joss goes, ugh, you fucking hippie. Like, that's uh, that, the, 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 the political difference between the generations. Uh, Mercedes, uh, 204 points. Lewis, sixth. George, fifth in the constructors. Uh, Lewis, obviously, taking a third place. Let's talk about George for a second. Um... The way he jumped out the car to help um, Joe, obviously very kind and good sportsman. But the, also there was an element when that happened. I was like, does George think he caused this crash? Like the speed at which he jumped out the car was very much like, you know, when you, when you know you've tripped someone up. <laughs> Let me sit can I get you a drink? Can I get, can I get you a drink? That's funny. I mean, I, I don't think, I think it was, it, like when you see, these people all are aware like, the, like, again, it's the high wire act thing. The yeah. people, the other people that perform the high wire act know how high the wire is and know what happens when you fall off because mm-hmm. they've fallen off b- themselves before. He ran over. Also, the main thing or the first thing that went through my head possibly inappropriately when I saw him running was like running with a heavy helmet on. Like you had to, you see him, you see pictures of him running. He has to lean forward because of the momentum of the the helmet (laughs) being so strong. I mean, it just would have been so funny if he stacked it and like careened into the Broke his wrist. (laughs) Would have been funny if he'd walked away from a worse injury, with a worse injury. Yeah, Joe, I'm fine. Why are you running over to me? Making a fool of yourself, George. Uh, And then, but then they wouldn't let him restart the race. Uh, well, yeah, he'd he said he pulled in to help, which is true. It certainly looks like he did. With three tyres left, he would have got back to the pit. But there was a race last year where Checo um, was allowed to restart after a red flag. It does seem like Red Bull get less penalties all around than everyone else. Uh, maybe. I've not observed that. And I think certainly a couple of years ago, I think the last title that um, Lewis won, it felt like Max had a lot of bad luck. And actually, I think halfway through last season, Max had a lot of... Max was having the same sort of luck in periods uh, over the last couple of years that it looks like Leclerc's having now, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, just is one of those things. It's frustrating, but it can dictate the narrative of an entire um, season. I, 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 George said in an interview that he tried to turn his engine back on and he couldn't. Mm. Uh, so that would have been a problem. If you can't turn your engine back on to get to the pits, then you're out. Yeah, I, but I do think that it's like him walking back to the car and trying to fire it up um, is, it had three wheels, Yeah, right? Those cars barely start. When those cars are at the lights for more than eight seconds, they start to set fire to themselves, don't they? <laughs> Like, I would have been really good if he got some jump leads out the back and attached them to Joe's car. Can I just, could you want to use yours? 
you can rev it a little bit. Just attaching that. Yeah. Show, show, show. While you're in there. <laughs> show. Listen, mate. While you're, while you're hanging there. Make yourself useful, please. He's like, can you just give it a little bit less gas? You're going to flood it. You're going to flood it. But just give it, just give it. A, can you, is yours firing up? Can, I'm just going to jump. Yeah. Okay. Or just, or just him to the stewards. Okay, listen. While he's stuck in the car, he's not going anywhere. Can you guys push me? I'm going to put it in neutral. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just going to see if I can get this moving. <laughs> it was sad to see Mr. Saturday... No. On a Sunday. On a what Sunday. do they call him now? Mr. Consistency. It's just, these are just such, stop giving him dumb names. Yeah. Call him what he is. George Russell, George Russell. the pride of Kings Lynn. The pride of Kings that's Lynn. That's his, that's what he is. The new, the new Brundle. <laughs> He's going to be Brundle in, in. Oh, 100%. In 30 years time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. George Russell's going to be on the pit walk going. Uh, excuse me. Um, Sounding like, you know. British Kermit the Frog. No, he's having he's having a great season, and there's and and very little pressure on him to do anything. Hamilton, who had a great race and felt like he was uh, emboldened by the fact that it was the British Grand Prix, his Grand Prix, like had a renewed sense of energy because the car was fast for the first time, or it's you know it's it's finally gotten to a place where it can be competitive, right at the top of the food chain, as it were, and he did something. You know what I was saying, like about drivers giving themselves away at the end in, when he was interviewed hamilton said uh oh yeah it's um uh you know it, it, we 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 uh, we were all right around the corners today but we just didn't have the straight line speed which is such a funny thing that lots of drivers say but what that means is oh yeah um you know we were we were all right in the bits where like it's my driving that is the thing <laughs> but like it, the car itself the, the thing that isn't my fault that's where we that's where we lost out it's because uh, it's straight line speed. I could drive a Formula One car in a straight line as fast as Lewis Hamilton. It's the corners that where the drivers make their money. So I, I was good, but the, but everybody else wasn't. Do you think after that race there was any point where George was tra- chatting to the other drivers and they were like, "Oh, it turned out it's a pretty good race," and George just went, "Yeah, you know, I, I you know I was actually I got out to help the guy who crashed while you guys all just carried on right." Like the fact that. It's sort of been over because it was such a good race after the crash. George is kind of annoyed that it was such a good race. Had he known Joe was going to be fine, I wonder if he would have just carried on careering around that corner into the protesters. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In second place, Ferrari, uh, 265 points. Leclerc signs whatever Ferrari were doing. This is where you see how bad Ferrari's strategists and just compared to Red Bull. Ferrari were panicking the whole race, which just by osmosis fed into the drivers. Like you shouldn't have to, when your driver gets out, immediately go up to him and gone and like wag, uh, wag your yeah, finger at him, waving his finger at Charles, being like, "Okay, no, 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 no. calm down, calm down, calm down." When calm you down. speak to the press, do not voice discontent. You're happy with your car. You're a Ferrari driver. We just sh- shut up, shut up. Just it's. It, it was such an admission of guilt, his anger and his uh, desire to express to Charles in no uncertain terms. Shut the fuck up. Okay, we'll talk. It's like, you know, it's like when you're in a couple and you say your girlfriend knows that you've been shit and you just don't want to have the fight at the party. Yeah, yeah. And you go, listen, just, will you please, will you please not? Because we, can we just, can we just wait? At can the this, door. Look, I know that what I did, but can we wait till we get home, please? <laughs> I'm not going to do this here, all right? I'm not my parents. Yeah. <laughs> okay? <laughs> okay, here's the great thing about Formula One. 
every Formula One team relationship between the two drivers, there comes a point where, because they force this PR, oh my God, they're all just best friends. All the teammates are best friends. And they make this, hey, look at Checo and Max. When one of them referenced um, sex during an interview and they both chuckled. <laughs> they must love each other. There comes a moment in every Formula One relationship where that friendship snaps and the rivalry that's always teetering underneath starts to bubble up and it becomes the driving force of the relationship. It happened with Seb and Charles. And that was, we what we witnessed that happen yesterday at Silverstone. Not to say they're still not going to get along and be chivalrous to each other, but that moment where, and also Carlos winning mm. is going to drive that fire for him to suddenly go, hang on a minute. How many races have both of us won this season? And yet he's the number one golden boy. Like, where is the points differential between us? It's going to start breaking down soon. Surely Carlos isn't an idiot. And he knows that Charles had the better drive and the worst luck. He just wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't the best. Yeah, but even. And I, and I say this, as, as, and I said this, texted this to you. I, I realized uh, who I cheer for. I often get asked, oh, who do you go for in Formula One? And I realize now that the person who I support in Formula One is whoever the second driver in any team is. <laughs> I love the second, the second, I want all, all second drivers to win. Because yeah, yeah, you said something about like, you were happy that Perez was like at the back of the thing or whatever. Yeah, and you I were went, gutted. I was gutted because I want, I want Perez to win the world championship. That will be the greatest story. Okay, I agree with that. And I, but I want Checo to do well just so he beats Max. Yeah, but that's why it's a good story. Well, speaking of um, second place, uh, Red Bull, um, the current, obviously, championship, huge point gap, 265 to 328, Ferrari to Red Bull. Huge gap. Um, yeah, but th- now what's the gap between Max and Perez? Is it like 30? 181 to 147. So still pretty big. Yeah, Checo still and pretty Rags. big, isn't it? And Max, obviously, seventh is just, what do you think Jos does after a race like that? How do you think Jos treats Max in the evening? Is Jos one of those, or Jos, soft J, is he one of those dads who... I think I think it's a hard J. I think whatever it is, I think Jos likes to call <laughs> or, it a hard J. Whatever the J. national custom is. Whatever the... Jos is how he says it. Uh, I think when he... He knows that Max wasn't to blame. So he surely will have beaten up... Someone at Red One Bull. of Christian Horner's children. <laughs> Whoever, you know what happened? He went to the corner after the race and like um, Poirot, he picked up the piece of debris and saw Snapdragon on it. <laughs> the piece of debris that screwed Max's car. And he just looked at it like a, like one, like CSI Miami. And then he just put it in his pocket and then he just went into the, the, the garage of whatever team that was and just sort of wait for the, whoever it was to go to the toilet, who's the sponsor Snapdragon. And he just went in and he stabbed that person with the piece of debris that screwed his son's car. That's what yours yeah. was that. And then, and then that, 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 that engineer was found with that bit of debris. What happened? Oh, nothing. I and tripped. Like, um, I tripped. Benson and Stabler from Special Victims Unit have to pick this bit of Snapdragon debris out of this nameless engineer who was How did this really happen? happy to get the part from their extras agency. I get to say a line, you know. And Jos Verstappen said, he said, oh, I thought you might want this bit of your car back. Yes, <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> What is your song of the week? My song of the week, uh, there's only really, in my mind, there was only really one song it could have been, and that's Halo by Beyonce. <laughs> mine is, um, now that I know he's okay, mine is, is it, uh, who sang Upside Down? 
Oh, you turn Alpha Towery. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, no, it's the it's wrong Alpha car. Romeo. Oh, upside down. No, but it's the Alpha Towery that turned him upside down. The arguably. Alpha Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inside out. Show grand you. Upside down. Uh, this has been Dirty Air. My name is Josh Weller. And my name is Alfie Brown. And I've already said what the name of the show is. Um, but uh, join us next week is going to be absolutely mental. Because what have we got on next week? You know what they're going to do next week? The Austrian Grand Prix and the Orange Army. It's payback time for booing Max is what oh. it is. They are going to boo so hard. They've already started booing. <laughs> And that's the thing is the Brits have Silverstone. The Dutch have, because they like to go everywhere, don't they? they they've, got, they've got the Austrian track. They've got the Dutch track. And they go to the, it's like the, all of those races around there, they just go and boo. Yes. I like, here's the thing with the booing, right? If you're going to make Formula One a sport for everyone, mm-hmm. and you're going to make it a memeable Netflix series, Instagram series, and it's going to reach different people to who it's reached in the past... You're gonna have to just make your peace with the fact that drivers are gonna get booed. Yeah, that's the, just it's, what it's happens. part of the whole pantomime and pageantry of the whole event. We have drivers we like. We have villains. It's cool to be a villain. That means you like if you're the only get booed, get cheered. The only thing you don't want to be as a driver is somebody who people go, oh yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's great to be booed. It means you're getting loads of attention. And it, it's like imagine saying to football supporters, oh, could you not, could you not jeer the opposition team, please? It's in a bit. You know, it's not good sportsmanship. Get a grip. You know, you're becoming a you're becoming a, a mainstream sport. Get yeah. used to it, losers. Uh, anyway, next. So that's we don't have. Okay, we don't have an off race week. We have we know no off race we week. We have the Austrian Grand Prix. We have a red an on ring. race week. And actually, red bull ring is what you get when you drink too many cans of it. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Josh Weller, and my name is Alfie Brown, and this has been Dirty Air. Also, just want to throw in that the W Series was thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, should we start a W Series podcast? I would love to start a W Series podcast. Less episodes. Only I think there's only have six races. But Jamie Chadwick's, she will be. I'm sure they're going to put her in. 2024. I'm calling it now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.